First of all, Drew, I just want to clarify something, which is I'm not a bad person, or at least I'm not a bad artist. The situation in Stringersburg may be terrible, but that's because human beings are terrible. But then again, I guess I'm a human being, so I probably am bad. Anyway, I take that as a compliment. Uh, so Morgan would know about the dispute, the lively debate at the SEPT's headquarters. In the absence of Fergus, the Monster Squad is being led by Experiment 7. Kilsin Van Slyke was the leader, but after their disastrous run-in with the Nihilist, which was publicized to some extent and also just gossiped about endlessly by anybody with any interest in metas in the entire city. After that, Van Slyke hasn't been the public face of the team anymore. Um, there are rumors that he's uh, had a crisis of faith, whatever that may mean. But in any case, uh, Experiment 7 is the one who led the team to confront the Sept. And uh, Seven did so in a much more public and above-board way than Fergus would have ever been able to stomach. So, um, yes, Morgan knows that they did that. Also, uh, the knife is a real dude now. Sort of a weird, incomplete person, but a person nevertheless. I made some stats for him. He's in the shared Dropbox folder. Uh, okay. So you mentioned the radio. <clears throat> when Morgan puts the suit back on to head back out for the night, he can feel or see the two little uh, knobs of, of the radio sort of poking out through the fabric of the suit where the radio has been absorbed. And he notices, first in a tactile way, that one of the knobs is not like the other. It's warm. He can sort of feel the heat of it. And then he looks at it, and oddly enough, it's glowing, a sort of yellow. Um, this is supposed to be the tuner knob that selects the station. He really hasn't messed with it since he set it to WSBG. Just sort of going on instinct, he reaches down to adjust it, and he's turned it barely more than, you know, a quarter turn. Well, never mind how much he turns it. The point is, he reaches down to touch that uh, glowing yellow dial, and pretty, pretty quickly, it tunes in to Roland's voice. Saying, Zoab says, oh, I just figured eventually you'd get it, but let me go ahead and spell it out just in case. Uh, this ain't exactly a normal radio, kid. Buddy, uh, we're the same age, I guess. Well, anyway, look, the point is, this is just sort of an empty box, and I uh, said some said some mumbo-jumbo over it, and now it'll hear the radio when you want it to hear the radio, and when I need it 
to play my voice for you, it'll do that. So anytime you see it uh, acting funny, you'll know I've, I've got something to say to you. It should be to where if the dial turns red, I got problems, and I'd like you to come and bail me out. Because, you know, solved that whole ghost caper for you. So I figure, figure I got one get-out-of-jail-free card with you, or, you know, get-out-of-a-bruising-melee Anyway, that's the danger signal. If it ain't red, it just means there's a message like this one. So anyhow, you know I told you I set up my little eyes in the sky to keep an eye on their eyes in the... So I put a spell on the rooftops to see when they'd launch those drones. Well, they did. All of them. They're all going out tonight. Probably got something to do with your performance over there at the courthouse, but... I'm sure they're lying on you about that, because they got a pin a lie on somebody. People like that are always looking for an excuse to do what they want to do anyway. So they're out there in the, in the air, and uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to pick you up or not, but they're going to be looking for you. So watch your ass out there. All right, I'm gone. After that... It settles back into the familiar uh, blank air tone of, sorry, back up a second. When Roland's message is over, there's static, and Morgan adjusts it back to WSBG. In place of John Jackson, there's an earnest young geek who's trying to do a recap of the day's news. When Morgan cuts in, he can hear... See, it at the courthouse devolved into a, a, a melee, ladies and gentlemen. Our old Lupus Andretti was on the scene and described it to us uh, as best he could at the time, but apparently the... Unknown hero or uh, vigilante, as uh, Judge Winthrop uh, Harjorn referred to him, the uh, the 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 man in blue, as they're calling him, uh, was on the scene and uh, made some sort of uh, speech or uh, oration. At this point, uh, our experts are uh, 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 they're uh, uh, they're of the opinion that this figure uses some sort of uh, localized memory distortion, uh, mind control, or illusionary uh, situation uh, ability. So we are talking about some sort of metahuman. Uh, what their goals are is presently unknown. And they go on and on and on, and I'm tired of doing that voice for now. So Morgan gathers as he heads out into the sink that after he got away from the angry crowd, some of them turned on each other or on the police, or on bystanders, and the event turned into a general riot. At first, it seemed like the cops weren't doing anything, but eventually, a huge show of force was made. The SWAT team, you know, riot gear, water cannons, the whole thing. Um, a lot of arrests were made. A lot of people have been thrown 
and lock up for the evening. Meanwhile, the Sink 7 have gone, have been transported to the state penitentiary just outside of the city. Um, their lawyer, Giles Griles, has done a call-in to a TV news show to once again denounce the verdict and say that he is going to meet with them at every possible opportunity he have to keep their spirits up. He believes that uh, they will be ultimately vindicated, as he puts it, in the court of public opinion, if not in the bloated, overburdened, literal courts of our unfortunate city. Uh, he is quoted as such in the next day's edition of the River City Revel, but we will get to that in a moment. This is still day three, very, very late. It's about one in the morning. Morgan has gone out. There have been strong men on the streets. Looks like some of them came back to the Tribrica building, the artist maker space, or whatever you want to call it. Some of the windows there have been busted out. In fact, just as he arrives there, he sees somebody throwing one of the last stones. It's actually a brick that he sees the young man pull out of uh, another building nearby, a sort of crumbling facade of a building. And he hops down there, dispatches that young idiot pretty quickly gives him a broken elbow for his trouble. Just as he's finished uh, admonishing this young man for doing stuff he ought not to be doing and um, for being an a-hole, he sees a shape whiz by overhead. I'm assuming he would want to know what that is, so he climbs to the roof. Some of the Tribrica people poke their heads out the various broken and unbroken windows to look at him as he passes. Up top on the roof of there, he can see what he presumes are drones in the sky. Roland was right, of course. They're out there flying around looking at shit as they do. So per your uh, stated uh, statement of his intentions, I figure he goes after one of these drones. They're pretty fast, so he's having a hard time catching up to one of them. After a while, he can tell that they're settling into some sort of pattern. They seem to be sort of swarming with each other to a certain extent. Um, they don't pack close like birds, but after a, a while of like hopping around, trying to get a hold of one, he can see that they all move in a sort of semi-coordinated way. It does look a bit jerky at times, though, so he's able to close in. Anyway, look, I gotta finish this up. I'm driving a car in Boston in traffic, and it's giving me nightmares. So he goes after one of these drones, and very quickly he hears evidence that other people are doing the same. There's some, like, whooping, alarm-type sounds. There's probably even a, you know, a, vo a recorded voice thing that's like, 
Step away from the unit. Please do not interfere with the unit. Leave the unit alone. Uh, and then there's an incredible shrill sound, an intensely high-pitched shriek, and he can hear glass breaking. Uh, it's audible from a couple of blocks away. I'm just going to assume that he goes to investigate, but um, tell me the disposition real quick, like what his approach is, yada, 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 and anything else you want to add. Saying that you're a you know, terrible, terrible person, you know, that was the highest compliment uh, to you as a storyteller. Morgan tries, I imagine unsuccessfully, to try to send a message back to Roland. You know, he, maybe he fiddles with the, the knobs or something, but sees that that's not going to not gonna work. Yeah, uh, if he gets the opportunity while he's on uh, patrol or somebody he beats up or whatever, if they have any type of metal pipes or batons or nightsticks or anything like that. He'll probably take those away. Something that he can chuck from a, de a decent distance to knock one of these things out of the air. Um, he'll probably start a small collection of that. He's starting to form a theory that Duke's Disastro somehow uh, foiled or twisted his his words. Something that he did that um, where people are you know like the the news broadcast said where this Meta is using some type of illusion or uh, mind altering powers or something. It's it's got to be uh, Duke Disastro messing with him and. Uh, you know, while he was up there speaking that he changed things and that's the reason why it went so bad. Like, this guy is definitely starting to paint himself as a villain in Morgan's mind. He's going to approach the sound uh, in his typical fashion with all due speed, but as he approaches, you know, he's going to slow down and uh, cautiously approach so he's not blindsided or so that he can assess the situation quickly and, and kind of find the best avenue to um, either assist people, you know, attack a foe, or see how things are going to play out before they get real bad. Two things that he would want to do afterwards, depending on how this goes. He wants to go check on Bianca, make sure she's okay, just a, a quick swing by. And he's going to try to get in contact with uh, the Monster Squad or whatever they're called now. I, I'm kind of curious. Um, you said that Seven kind of attacked them above board more so than uh, how it originally went so uh, it doesn't need to be anything crazy in depth but um, a little more clarification on that like um, if they brought themselves a little more into the light like if he would 
not readily, but more easily be able to find them or if he'll, if he's going to have to like hunt them down. Well then in that case, I take the compliment as it was intended. So what Morgan knows about the fight between the monster squad, they are still called that colloquially, at least seven would try to call them something different. You know, just like Mad Spitter's name is still haunting Glottis in his mind. But what what Morgan knows about the fight between uh, the Monster Squad and the Sept is that Experiment 7 posted a video online basically calling out the Sept for being callous and uh, unconcerned with the city's real problems, um, and also specifically about the way that Communique had basically done the same thing to him that she did to Puppeteer, which was he called her out to try and talk to 138, and she... Uh, you know, when she was unsuccessful, she was like, we have to tell the MHTF right away. And he was like, they'll just try to attack it and, and nobody will learn anything and more people will die and blah, blah, blah. So he led the monster squad to the Sept's compound and they basically tore down the gate. Although it was Seven that did it. Jaguar is not part of the group in this version. Jaguar ascended, not that anyone knows this really, but Jaguar ascended properly in this version of events um, as like become part of some, you know, Aztec pantheon and is now very, very far away from this world, literally and metaphorically. So, uh, you know, Seven sort of bulked out and took on a, a super strength form and ripped the gate down and all of that. So uh, anyway, they, they went in there and basically did the same thing, which was like force communicate to um, make this video, this public statement being like, look, this this 138 being entity thing isn't a threat. We should talk to it, yada, yada, yada. And again, 138 was there but didn't participate. The fight was a lot nastier in this case because the knife was along. And he and Sister Catastrophe hurt each other, but not in a permanent way. It was just sort of like things got... Things got vicious. It wasn't the sort of fun romp with, like, bro version of Jaguar beating up people in sort of a merry way and, and things being what they are after that. It was it was a little bit malicious on both sides. And all of this has sort of come to him second or third or fourth hand, stuff he's overheard, people saying um, yada, yada, yada. So anyhow, that's how that stands. I hope that's answered your question. So along the way, Morgan has found a couple of these young men out rioting, carrying the same sort of matte black metal club that he found on one of the attackers that first night. 
and he's kept them both, he has to wonder why they're so commonplace. Um, of the, like, say, three or four dudes he's run into, two of them have these. And these don't necessarily look like guys who are... Uh, who are rolling in disposable income. Then again, there seems to be a sort of informal strongman thug uniform, which is like leather jacket, jeans, white T-shirt. You know, they're trying to adopt some sort of classical masculine aesthetic. They all look like rejects from the Outsiders movie in that way. So... He's getting within throwing range of, of one of these drones and hears that piercing shriek, circles around where he thinks the sound came from, moving cautiously, scouting ahead first before he goes out into the open. What he sees is on one of the elevated walkways, um, this one is not one of the sort of homemade ones that connects some of the buildings in the sink. This is from an old abandoned elevated railway that people started to build here back in, I don't know, the 50s or something, and uh, and eventually let drop. He sees a, a group of people out there on, on one of them, one of these railways, and uh, they're hunched around what look like the remnants of one of these drones. The group consists of three people of varying heights and builds, all dressed in black, including homemade black masks. Morgan can tell from the way that they bulge out around the mouth that they have some sort of filter in place, presumably for gas. There are also a couple of hipster dudes and a woman in her early 20s with a short blue mohawk and a distinctive pair of black boots uh, decorated with symbols. He can't really see what they are from here, but... They're distinctive in the sense that he knows about these boots because he knows about this person, the woman and the two guys in skinny jeans and ironic thrift store shirts are the Blue Devil String Quartet, which means the woman is the balladeer. She's not actually known as that, though. That's what we have her as in the file, but she has a name, which is Misty Jenkins. But it is known, or at least rumored, that she's a meta. Morgan, I presume, would never have gone to one of their shows, but he may have heard of them regardless. Maybe some of his friends like them, or um, let's say Bianca's a fan. So he sees the Blue Devil String Quartet, who are not a quartet, and some of these Antifa types crouched over the remnants of this drone. And it clicks. The shriek was most likely her voice, her sound control powers. He can see that uh, while she's crouching down to look at this shattered drone, she's holding behind her back a fiddle. He hasn't quite gotten close enough to hear their conversation yet, but the whir of another approaching drone makes them look up. And when they do, Misty makes eye contact with him. 
can see her face drawing up into a frown until he turns, takes aim, whips one of the batons at the drone and knocks it out of the air. It plummets into the water below and the lead singer of the Blue Devil String Quartet grins at him, gives him a sort of informal salute and picks up what she can with one hand. He figures later that she pitched her voice loud enough for him to hear, but in any case, she says, All right, y'all, let's move. And she, her band, and their friends grab the drone that they've knocked out and flee into the night. Which brings us to day four, July 13th, 2018. Morgan wakes up with his radio on, tuned to the Berg, and hears the somewhat ragged but still coherent voice of Lupus Andretti in the midst of reporting, saying, Again, ladies and gentlemen, despite uh, a... An urgent plea from local heroine Cricket for all metahumans and other heroes to remain neutral. Several declarations over the night and in the morning as Stringersburg's heroes take sides in what seems to be a partisan conflict. That sigh was him sighing, by the way, not me. So it appears that people have been declaring themselves. He hears that Strobe has come out defending the strong American men. Also, Smash has declared himself. And in fact, Lupus goes to a clip of an interview like we'll go back now to a brief word that our own Melvin Poindexter spoke just last night with uh, this figure. Here's a brief clip from that uh, interview. Uh, sir, I, I understand that you are uh, declaring uh, that you've uh, taken a side on... Uh... That's right, bro. Yeah, man. I'm a man, dude. That's what being a hero is about, man. I'm a man first. I mean, I'm a hero first, but I'm also a man first. They're the same thing. Hero, man. Same sh- dude. Uh, do you plan to uh, coordinate your activities with the party uh, uh, political leadership? I don't uh, Yeah, maybe. You know, if they want to talk, we can talk. That's great. But, you know, it's just like I'm out here doing my thing, being a man. Get at me, ladies. <laughs> you know how it is, man. Well, maybe you don't, but that's how it is. So it goes back to Lupus, and he also reports that Val Ashcroft and Greg Greenwell have come out pledging support for the elected government and for the TPP. Despite all of these developments, though, his first priority is to check in on Bianca, and once he's had a bottle of water and a granola bar or whatever, he heads over to her apartment. It's about... 9 a.m. at this point. He actually catches her right outside her car 
as she's getting in. Uh, he figures she is probably on her way to her community college or to her job, one of the two. It doesn't really matter to me, but um, I guess I want to know if he would approach her as himself or in costume, and we'll go from there. Morgan is going to, he's got a little bit of a laundry list started. Um, one, he wants to take a look into the supplier of, of these tactical nightsticks and try to figure out um, if there's a local supplier or dealer or where all these guys are getting this from, if this is an unofficial corporate sponsorship or maybe even official one. Two, he wants to hunt down the monster squad or whatever seven is, is calling them now i'm sure something appropriate also is van slyke still with them since there was real not really a falling out with puppeteer so he wants to hunt them down through through contacts or um you know rumors and kind of the same thing with Cricket, since uh, she seems to be somewhere somewhere in the middle, because he he wants to start a concern of heroes that could stand in the middle uh, without leaning one way or another, and he's definitely gonna note Balladeer. He figures that she'll probably be easier to hunt down. And three, yeah, when he goes and sees Bianca, he's going to he's going to drop the the costume, you know, down the street in an alleyway and everything and uh, come out before she's she's got a chance to leave and, you know, jog up to her. And he's you know, just jeans and T-shirt, I guess what he's probably uh, kicking underneath the, the costume. And uh, I guess while she's rifling her keys out, he's going to run up and be like, hey, 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 B, how's it going? Just a uh, long time no see, I guess. Uh, sorry for being a stranger. Uh, crazy shit going down in this city. I, I was just uh, swinging by to, to see how you were doing. Uh, do, doing well, I hope. Uh, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Um so yeah, uh, you, you you heading out to uh, to work? What's 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 up? 